Hello and welcome to Everyday Channel number 103, your favorite, most susceptible named bi-weekly legacy podcast. Joining me tonight, as usual, my co-host from the realms across the English Channel, Callum Smith. Callum, how's it going on this Wednesday night, beautiful Sunday night, uh, summer night, right? It's lovely. It's really nice. I've got the windows open. It's just... Uh... This is like, it's a little bit too hot for me. Um, I'm English, so I just burn and don't like the heat and I'm just awful like that. But um, it, it's close. I love the chill evenings like this. So it's just very nice and relaxing. We can talk about lovely, nice, relaxing magic cards with nice, relaxing beers in our hands and nice, Maybe relaxing just, like, weather. Put some kind of uh, ASMR. music in the background of this <laughs> ASMR. Oh, we, we need better microphones for that. But yeah, mm. <laughs> I'm All still right. looking at the Shura SM7B. I'll, I'll get you some. <laughs> I we get so many at work. I'll, you just have to come to work, and one goes missing. Like uh, I don't know how that happened. It fell off a truck, right? But I guess for proper <laughs> ASMR, that does like way better stuff. Like I listened to one of those uh, streams because I wanted to get an idea of what, it, what it's like, mm. and it's way more intense than I thought. It's also really weird, but at the same time, I I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, but they had like seven <laughs> different microphones, like these really long, thin ones. I don't know whether that's like a thing. Actually, I have one of those too for YouTube recordings. But they had them all over the place, and then they, they crackled some weird sound with like a piece of paper and stuff. And oh. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I just, I just absolutely, completely do not understand it. And every time it kind of comes up, I laugh about it. I'm like, yep, that's, that's not something that I'm going to understand that that's done. It is kind of intriguing because it's so weird, but yeah, I, I don't get it. I mean, somebody should try it and combine that with magic. Uh, but you, you would need to play like a very slow-paced deck that just sits I think, back. What's the most ASMR kind of tangent deck? I think I, my, my vote is Pox. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of violent at the beginning, but that's just settling in. That's the crackling at the beginning. You know? And then, I mean, then you just play Lango, 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 Lango. Sometimes you take up a Liliana, maybe. You, you know what happened to me earlier today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Against Pox? Or when you were yeah, playing Pox, I, I hope. No, no, no. I, I was actually playing the tech that we're going to talk about later on, um, the Return of Affinity. Um, and somehow, either one Cannonist was actually really good against them because all of a sudden, like, they, they denied everybody resources. And then they were sitting on one land, and you bet they had, like, Dark Rituals and something they wanted to Dark Ritual out. But I had either one Cannonist and no Dark Ritual for you. <laughs> Classic Cannonist being good against Pox. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so, dude, what, what have you been up to? Um, uh, you, you said you got a ton of new cards. Yeah, well, I put like new cards. I'm excited because um, of the new cards. In life, I um, I had like a little. I know we don't do like life updates very much, but I had a funny thing on Monday where I'm talking in chats and on Twitter and all about magic all the time. And I do it quite a lot at work, but we have a pretty relaxed atmosphere. Like uh, as long as I get all my work done, they they don't mind. And I've been thinking I was doing it a bit too much recently. I was like not getting a few things done. I was like, okay, from the beginning of this week, I'm gonna like step it up. I'm gonna like chat. A little bit less and do stuff and then first thing monday morning i get called for a uh, a meeting with the boss and i was like oh dear they're on to me you know and uh, i got a promotion which was completely not what i expected from it at all <laughs> so um okay that's also the first time i'm hearing about that congratulations yeah. are you are you now the head Thank of you. um i don't know so i own the whole company yeah uh anyway it's, it's not a huge thing it's a basic it's a nice step up in um what i do and stuff and so i'll be able to work from home a lot more which means more magic online playing while i'm at work i think <laughs> Even less time for actual work to be done. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> anyway. Dude, actually, that's, that sounds almost like something out of, like, I don't know, like a sitcom where, where you're like, oh, my work hasn't been very good lately. Oh, they're calling me in. Congratulations, you've been promoted. You can now commit to doing even less work. That is exactly it, because when I was going in, I was like, okay, so um, do I just, like, kind of admit that I'm knowingly chatting on Facebook too much? Or, like, how do I do this? And they're like, no, nah, okay, you've been uh, doing so well, you can go up a step. Yeah, so that's a nice life update, which is uh, pretty fun. It's very unexpected. And yeah, regarding Magic, just I've been playing Modern as well, actually, honestly, and Legacy, and there's just so many new cards. And it's like what I said in the last cast, where I wasn't playing before because there's nothing to play, and now I'm kind of overwhelmed. I started off by playing uh, the Affinity deck, which we'll talk about more, like all day Saturday. I think I did like four leagues just in a row, because it was so much fun with different lists. And then Sunday I was playing all different modern decks and yeah it's just amazing i still don't know what to play like i kind of got back i knew i had a little bit of time before we started doing this and i was like do i start a league but i didn't know what to play so i didn't <laughs> it's just too much so uh yeah that's what's been up with me what about you yeah that, that there's a ton going on i also played the affinity deck earlier so let's talk about that uh, i also played elves last night and i only played it like with one eye and i had something going on on my second screen so I didn't even notice, but once I was in the league and I was sideboarding, I realized I have 14 cards against Delva in my sideboard and a main deck Endurance. God, that's such a mistake. Like, why wouldn't you play 15? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, because literally literally the only card I didn't bring in was the 10 mana Progenitus. So we, I was like, yeah, maybe that's not going to cut it. I don't know, Julian. Like, we, we try and say that this is a kind of competitively minded podcast and then you're out here skimping on Delva hate. Like only playing fourteen cards for Delver at the moment is pretty out there. So. Yeah, well, technically I had a sixteen card sideboard because one of them wasn't the main deck, so I guess that kind of counts. <laughs> oh, you're playing sixty-one cards. That's actually, in the main deck? That's, even, that's actually even better than having fifteen cards in the sideboard because you you start the first game with it in your main deck. It's true. So basically, you should play Yorio and Elves. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I even like I played against a guy and uh, like I only realized in, like at the end of game three that they actually played uh, Yorian in the deck. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> that's just like one of those things that's yeah that, that happens online but never really in paper. Yeah, I've still never played against a companion in paper. It's gonna be weird when we get to it. Yeah, it looks it's looking good, right? Mm-hmm. At least from from what I can tell, like German media tells me that the UK is about to be um, overrun by a fourth wave of COVID. But yeah, yeah, um, we'll see. I, I, don't I, know about I, that. I had my uh, first five G jab a couple of weeks ago now, so not too Did, long. Do you get any superpowers? Yeah. So basically, whenever I go for go for dinner or whatever, like the uh, the knife and fork just like slap onto my forehead if I get too close. So you got to be careful. And um, I cancelled my phone contract because I can just like call with my with my mind now as well so it's all positive dude can we do like i don't know like a hidden camera or something like prank call at your phone company and you literally you tell them that that's happening and that's why you want to cancel your phone contract that would be great actually oh, i bet someone's done it like legit thinking that i don't know yeah, someone and, and somewhere like if, you, if you get like a tinfoil person on the other side of the thing maybe you could like yeah <laughs> but mm-hmm. i don't know about that <laughs> but yeah, I've I've played um, quite a bit lately. Uh, again, um, after we had that lame duck face where everybody knew, uh, yeah, there's going to be massive changes coming to the format. Everybody knew that Darwa is probably going to be the deck to play. Uh, every, everybody was talking about how many one drops do we play? Do we even like cut the high end? What's it going to look like? And now we have two legacy challenges. One of them a showcase challenge in the books on the previous weekend. And yeah, 
part of it looks like exactly what people were expecting, right? I think half of the top eight um, slots in those two, two tournaments were blue, red, diver, which is like everybody expected. But we also saw um, a bit of Hogak, we saw Affinity, we saw Bond Miracles, and before we delve into these decks, uh, pun, pun actually not intended, <laughs> <laughs> are, are those the four decks that you would say are probably the most powerful in the format right now? I mean, disclaimer, the format is super young, like less than a week, and there's only so much you can really say and deduce from what we've seen thus far, but... I, I put these four decks in uh, in our show notes because I felt like these are probably the most dominant ones right now if you want to randomly jump into a tournament. Yeah, so so just quickly on Hogek, I think there was one in the showcase top eight. Um, otherwise, I didn't see it too much. So I wouldn't like put it in the same category as the others. But at the same time, I think it could be... Well, it it does have to like fight endurances now and stuff but i think i wouldn't put it into the same character as the other three which the other three are definitely in my like uh top decks going forward and the biggest takeaways from the challenges because um well blue red delver and bant miracles are like they're not new things so it's we say it's an early format but we just knew that they were solid decks beforehand but what really makes it kind of so fresh is this affinity deck and the affinity deck existing in the format is a kind of a screw that can kind of change the status quo of Delver and Miracles and then whatever combo decks kind of appear around what kind of answers they're playing with. So I do think this is like a kind of a new, we should be looking at Delver and Bant Miracles with a quite a new perspective because Blue Red Delver, they just have some incredibly strong new threats. We'll get into that a little bit more later. The deck is, it's to me quite clearly the best deck and it probably will continue for a while. Um, People will try and attack it and I think Bant Miracles is built very well to beat it, which is nice to see. But um yeah, just so many new threats are so good. It's it's, and it's kind of built itself. I, I don't think there's too many different like alternative builds. Um, Bad miracles though. So we did we we were very high on endurance in the spoiler episode, and it has been played main deck I believe as a two of, and it just looks incredible in in that deck, and it's a huge boon for it. But prismatic ending is that what it's called? Um, the the new removal spell that one we came around on and were saying yep it's very good but I think we were underrating as well this is a huge huge like card for these kind of decks because it's the kind of that flex slot where crazy people played vindicate or like people played their council's judgment or the generic thing but now they just play more source of power shares for the delver matchup and have their generic removal spell for the I don't know like big random stuff that you just sometimes play against so you know what I really like about prismatic, uh, prismatic ending, you can even hit some of the more expensive stuff once you start combining it with carpet of flowers, which at this mm-hmm. point is also becoming a main deck card in these kinds of decks. So I've actually seen prismatic ending hit stuff like you know a chase or, or something, even though you you shouldn't be able to make four different kinds of mana. But once you get the carpet out, you can add that black or red mana that you might not have and and get there. And uh, I don't know, man, that card is amazing. That if you, if you don't have a player set yet, definitely get it. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah, totally agree. Something that really excites me. I think it's basically a two to three of in every blue white X control deck going forward. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I was actually watching Anorak stream, and and I know he's sometimes at least Myers exaggerates certain things, and I mean as a streamer you have to do that. But I I really agree that um, when he pointed out how am I actually supposed to lose against Deva? I mean, yeah, there's always like the kind of Deva draws, but you know, on on a odds based, I think. That Bart Murgus decks is one of the best decks against Stairway we have seen in quite a while with like tons of spot removal. And even like like you mentioned, you know, the additional salt supplies, the cheap spot removal. Because yeah. as Delva keeps adding all those one drops, 
the prismatic ending is just going to be your thoughts, plowshares, you know, five through whatever, seven, eight, if you want to go crazy. And this is what's so key, like, because you need, so the source of plowshares is obviously like, is probably the best card against Delver unless you top deck a Terminus at the right time. But like, you just, you need to have a, a source of plowshares by turn two against Delver or you're usually dead. And um, especially now, this is like, because they have what, 12 one drops, if you're playing the whole four Ragavan and four Dragon Rage Channeler, you have to have a removal spell on turn one if you're playing against Delver, I think. Like, maybe it's not as black and white as that, but and if you don't, you're falling behind quickly because they can very easily just play a second threat or a second and a third threat on turn two, and uh, you just get run away with it. So, yeah, prismatic ending essentially being like the sixth and seventh source of plowshares while being this flexible thing is completely how the deck needs to like beat Delver. And um, yeah, uh, I've been watching Anorak stream as well, and he is incredibly high on the deck against Delver, and he proved that by coming second in the in the first challenge, beating a lot of Delver on the way. So this is not just uh, over-exaggerating. The deck genuinely looks very good against Delver, which is a massive relief for me, honestly. I, the deck, <laughs> Delver did look really worryingly good, and it probably will continue to for a bit, but um, I think there's ways for this Affinity deck to beat Delver as well, unless Delver carries on playing Meltdown, <laughs> as people picked up. Oh, go um, away, dude. I, I've, I've been melted down more times today <laughs> than the last 10 years in Vintage. i got to say... I've been melting down, I guess. You know... It, yeah. Magic teaches like weird grammar. I've been melted, uh, melted yeah. down, whatever. Mol- I've been molten. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's not the name of the card. It's so weird. <laughs> isn't it? Cr- isn't it crazy how fast Magic Online moves though? Like so, Affinity forrowed a prelim on Friday evening. Then Saturday it won a challenge, and on Sunday every single blue red Delver deck seemed to have at least one, maybe two meltdowns in the sideboard. Yeah, I mean it's it's the most competitive place to play Le- Legacy in the world true. i mean there's there's not so many places to play it in the first place but <laughs> yeah still. it's true it's true it's super impressive and you, you can almost like watch the discussion about that stuff in real time you know like in, in, like on discord on facebook chats on, on twitter mm-hmm. like people brain some cards they throw out cards I, I remember like a couple of episodes ago where we were like spitballing something like you know gutshot and i think a lot of other people had the same kind of idea and gutshot started showing up uh just mm-hmm. because like of ragaban and also if you, if you want to like be able to, to to have a second zero mana answer to delva or dragon's rage channel which is another big card that yeah i think that the hive mind kind of things are like but there's there's a lot of awesome tech to come out of this because meltdown i don't know how how long that would have taken to catch on in paper oh probably yeah quite a uh, much longer than a day at least yeah, that's the turnaround of just like ordering the cards, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that is your is that summary? Do you think is that fair? So affinity about miracles and Delva, Is that how you're feeling on the format as well? Pretty much. Um, I'm always wondering whether there's some kind of underplayed combo deck, and I mean Hogak is kind of like a combo deck, which is like a weird thing to bring up because um, we we just talked about how now we have like very main deckable graveyard hate and endurance, but then again, Hogak is probably one of those graveyard decks that's somewhat better against you know that that kind of one-shot removal than than other ones like dredge probably suffers a little bit more against that but it's still like pretty good i i only put it with the other three decks because whenever i watched the stream this week i saw somebody playing you know bond miracles or diver and they they just were like oh god not hogak again i'm getting <laughs> wrecked by hogak hogak is destroying because that's kind of like what the deck is supposed to do i guess yeah but it's... I, th- I think it, you're, you're right it is definitely the best graveyard deck to be endurance as well um, you can just do stuff like get blood gusts back with fetches and make it so that you put a stitcher supplier on the stack or a uh, rune crab, um, rune crab, uh, hedron crab trigger on the stack where you have to make your opponent like 
play the endurance then otherwise you'll be able to convoke a hogak and stuff it's it's actually incredibly good at playing around every single graveyard hate apart from like rest in peace and leyland of the void so yeah that does move us on to one of the first questions who's from scott monroe he says if endurance is widely accepted and main deckable are graveyard decks specifically like dredge dead 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 actually <laughs> so as we were saying before i don't think so um dredge does get hurt a lot by this because control especially if it has terminus can already put up a decent fight against dredge it always kind of like almost decks dredge but needs like one or two more turns to kind of like scrap out of it or dredge just completely runs them over so something like um endurance being able to be like a turn two or turn three play to just nuke half the deck and the graveyard is definitely going to be able to like um win game ones against them so dredge and potentially reanimator suffer from that but i think hogak is just like it's another card to fight through um control could still already beat you in game ones with uro in my opinion like uro and a bunch of source supply shares and stuff so it's another card to fight through you have cabal therapies you can grind it's it's definitely not dead in my book yeah i definitely agree um i think there's there's not really anything that says, oh, now that this kind of graveyard deck exists, now my graveyard deck becomes unplayable. Because it's not like everybody has, like, I don't know, four or five graveyard cards in the sideboard and then Endurance on top. That's, like, very few decks who would actually play like that. Uh, at least yeah. for Elves, for example, I I took out pretty much all of my graveyard hate and I'm playing just, like, an ex- as an experimental thing right now. One Endurance in the main, three in the sideboard. But that also means I'm not playing Leylander. That also means I'm not playing Surgical Extraction. I could, I guess, um, but right now, basically, all my sideboard is devoted to Diver, which I guess on, that's another discussion whether you want to play a deck in the first place that that's kind of wants that many cards against Diver. I guess you could get, a, get away with less. But, yeah, I agree. The, the graveyard yeah. decks are definitely going to be a thing going I mean, forward. if people are playing stuff like the uh, other new cards, like Douthy Voidwalker or Paladin in Vec, those cards are actually incredibly strong against Hogak and probably just win the game ones on their own. So, oh, is it called Paladin and Wreck? The new one? The, yeah. The, 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 it's um, a, rest in peace? It's a two mana, two, two for white, white, and has protection from black and red. And if a. They worded it weirdly. I don't know why they actually worded it. You were tagged in on Twitter thing this morning, but it basically says if a black or a red card would go in your graveyard, it excels instead, roughly. It doesn't count like a permanent. I think it must have a different name because Paladin and Wreck is, is from a different set. Oh, it's. It's an Invec. It's a kind of Invec. <laughs> Did, do you know what the, what's the difference between Invec and Ilbec? No. It's like, it goes back to the story of, um, you know, Stormwind and, and Stronghold and Exodus. Oh, okay. And there are the, the, these, um, the Vex. And I guess if you're an Invec, then you're just part of the Vex. But if you're an Ilbec, then you're a traitor. And that's also where, like, City of Traitors comes from. And, yeah, that's just... Gotcha, gotcha. That's all I it's know, basically. <laughs> Sanctifier Invec. There we go. Close. But um, that, 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 that card probably won't be C-Play and Legacy. But the, uh, the Delphi Voidwalker is pretty strong. So, yeah, that's the kind of card that Hogak doesn't want to see. And um, Scott had a second question. It says, how does current, uh, how does current Blue Red Delver stack up in terms of format dominance with other busted decks, pre-ban, survival, Grixis Delver, etc.? What do you think on that, Julian? Two thoughts. Uh, very first thought, it's way too early to tell. Like, I, I'd be happy to talk more about that in at least a couple of weeks from now, if not like a month or two. Um, just because the 
for example, that's the, when we talk survival, right? We mean the, the like the broken survival, like like green, white, green, blue survival with um, Wenchwein. I wouldn't even say that's like one of the most broken decks in history. It's it's quite up there, but there are even like more broken decks in the format. But overall, if something like you know Flash is tier zero, and then we had like I don't know Top Miracles is tier one, and Dig Through Time Omnitel tier one, and then the survival deck is like tier two of brokenness or something. Blue Red Diver could certainly be elevated to to those realms, like similar to Survival. I, I'm not even sure if it's as good as Grixis Diver because Grixis Diver was just like so incredibly good. So Grixis Diver to me is like almost on the same level as Top Miracles. Whereas Blue Red Diver, it could eventually get there. We, we'll have to see how it plays out. It, it's certainly really good. It's really really good, but it's it's not as giga broken as, as some of the other decks that we've seen in the format. At least yeah, for I me, feel, I don't know how I, you I feel, feel about similarly. that. Yeah, I, I'm just going to co-sign your thoughts. It's definitely too early. Um, we only have like this one weekend of results, which the deck is like massively played, 25% or something. But I would just wouldn't count on that data at all because it's such a small sample size. And yeah, I, I, I feel like in your scale, like 2 to 1.5 kind of area, I could see it being better than Survival. But I also think Grixis Delver is on par with Top Miracles and uh, Omnitel and stuff. And yeah, those decks just feel a bit better. Very early. Yeah, really early to tell. So moving on, let's go to this affinity deck because this is what's really kind of excited me so much. So we, we know what Blue Red Delver is. Um, we've got a lot of questions on it. We'll probably mention it a couple more times. But uh, everyone knows what's in it by now. Everyone plays Legacy and plays against Delver and loves or hates it. It is what it is. But we have not seen some of this in so long. This is like actual kind of affinity. It meets Steel Stompy. And th- there's a few different lists. So I'm going to just like clarify the two ones. So... The one that forwarded a prelim and started this kind of Mox Opal deck style hype had like Ornithopters and um, more classic modern deck affinity style thing. But the one that won the the challenge on Saturday is like a blue-red one with a lot more new cards. So I'm just going to read out the deck just quickly and uh, tell you what the new cards do quickly. And it's just really just something we haven't seen before at all. So it has four Urban Ravager, two Emery Lurker of the Lot, for Esper Sentinel, which is the new white one drop, whenever your opponent casts their first non-creature spell a turn, they you draw a card unless they pay mana equal to Sentinel's power. For Ethis One Canonist, two Psy Master Thopterist, four Stone Cold Serpent, four Thought Monitor, which is the seven mana two two flying when ETBs you draw two cards with affinity. Four Walking Ballista, one Zabaz the Glimmer Wasp. Um, this is like a one mana one 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 mana zero zero with modular one and it can get extra counters if you have modeless stuff and it can gain flying for one white mana essentially. It also has a thing where it can destroy an artifact you control. I think it's to kill itself to modular <laughs> stuff. It's a pretty it's a really coolly designed card. It's a lot of text for a not super high power level card, but it's it's sweet. Yeah, it's also interesting and the the modular part is um, not only it can gain more power, um basically every time a modular trigger moves counters around, right? That's gonna be yeah, plus one extra. So it's yeah. usually used for for Ravager tricks. Yeah, which I misread the first time. I, I sat to Ravager, I sat to think to Ravager, putting I thought two counters and I guess one, but I wasn't paying attention at all. And this was like in blocks when someone was attacking with an Uro. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to sack three artifacts and eat Uro in combat. And then I finished sacking three things. I'm like, I've got a four-four Ravager. Shit, what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess I'm sacking my board at this point. And uh, it almost worked out. But uh, yeah, skill plays over here. <laughs> moving on so we have the formox opal then for nettlesis this card was not on my radar at all um it's a three mana artifact living weapon and it has equip two 
which is actually amazingly cheap for this effect. And then equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact and enchantment you control. So it's like a cranial plating, but you get, you get the extra toughness as well. And God, this card is just like three mana, five, five, six, six, easily. Often, often like grows to 10, 10 in the mid game plus. And then just two mana to equip. Like you just throw it on just anything hanging around. You very often like put it on a thought monitor later or whatever, or in the other version with ornithopter, or you have retrofit a foundry to make other flyers. Like this card, kills people fast so i've been amazingly impressed by this one right at the deck list we have three retrofitter foundry which again this card just proves it's an amazing grind tool and a very nice target for Urza saga which we'll get to in a minute mana base is just 16 lands that's four ancient den four sea of the synod that's the blue and the white artifact lands four planes and four ancient tomb it's quite low on blue sources um just looking at it, but then playing out, it didn't actually feel too bad to me. I guess you you can also count the Orza Saga as a blue source because that just one can get you a Mox Opal. That's true. And I did say 16 lands. It's actually 20 lands. Yeah, yeah. And you play your blue spells usually like later on the curve, except for Emery. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're right, actually. So that's fair to count as a Saga. Because I did find that if you had the same experience, I was getting Mox Opal with as a Saga like 80% of the time, I think. Pretty much, but I'm also... Super underwhelmed with how Retrofitter Foundry has worked for me. It okay. barely did anything, like, ever. Um, but you, you brought up the interaction with Nettlesist, which is certainly something that that's very convenient when, once you mm-hmm. get to a board cycle like that. Yeah. Um, so that just, like, never really came up for me because I, I either had already won or, you know, I was getting targeted with a meltdown or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so, so you've had the... the- backlash now so i was playing it without too much hate i played against a couple of cons and collect troops and stuff but but karn was easy right because if the deck is equipped to do one thing then it's just like to swarm planeswalkers like karn was like i I barely didn't like i almost didn't care about it at all check this out this is so urza saga was the last card which um i think everyone knows what does by now and this card is just bonkers so i had this crazy game where my opponent was playing moonstompy or actually like a big eldrazi tron sorry and Turn one on the play, they leave up like a soul land, and I play a, a, a one one drop or whatever, and they end of the turn warping whale it, and so it gets exiled. Turn two, play a Khan, and I'm like, crap, I have an artifact land in play and a Mox Opal in play and nothing else. So turn two, I play my Urza Saga, tap it to play a Vault Scourge. And then next turn, they just thought not seeing me, take nothing. And then when the Urza Saga goes off the next turn, I get Pivot Needle to stop Khan. Oh, they played a uh, Lattice, turn three, sorry. So they went turn two Khan, turn three Lattice. And then because the Needle, like I got to get it off the Saga, name the Khan, attack Khan down with the, the Vault Scourge, and then overpower the, the other random creatures they've played and go on to win. And just because I played a land and a 1-1, kind of crazy. Yeah, the Saga... I- I'm almost ready to call the Saga one of the the coolest cards to come out of this because it doesn't feel like broken or something. Um, you, the, the, okay, I, I have some, I have a lot of love for endurance, but where the Saga is definitely like gets the, the the coolest card of the set of art for me. Um, mm-hmm. Partially also because you can actually activate its its two like level two ability twice to to make the token. That's um, it's pretty much an Urza token, right? It, it's as big as the number of artifacts you have in play, and that's the the use I've gotten out of it the most by far, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's just, this card is crazy. Uh, you play it against control decks and they just, I don't know, they can't do much. It's just abs- the fact that it then like, replaces itself with whatever you want like afterwards with a one or a zero mana card. Just crazy, crazy strong. Um, 
if anyone's interested in watching some gameplay of this deck, so the winner is called Minist One One Zero, Japanese player. They they have a lot of results with very cool decks. If you go back over the MTG Goldfish thing, and Anurag was streaming the whole challenge where he came in second. So I, I urge you to go and watch at least the finals as well. Not to go and watch Anurag get dumped on, but like just to see this deck in action <laughs> and the powerful things it can do. It's really a sight to behold when all the things are working together. I do think this list I is very good. I can put this good. VOD in the show notes. Oh, great idea. Yeah, do that for sure because. Um, People probably want to watch his deck, uh, like how it beats Delver as well. It's going to be a big thing coming up. So uh, this this list is pretty good. Um, I think there's definitely other approaches to take it as well. Like uh, I was playing with Chalice of the Void in the deck quite a lot. And even though you play some one drops, like I didn't have Esper Sentinel. Um, but Chalice is just so strong against Delver right now. They're even sh- like shaving down on the Brazen Borrower kind of slots. So they're just really going balls to the wall, low curve. And you can punish them very hard with chalices. So that's what I'll be looking at currently, I think. Yeah, so if, if I was to change anything about the deck, I would probably um, remove the Retrofitter Foundry and maybe even the Bite Splash. Um, the, uh, on the other hand, that, that takes away the Asper Sentinel. Okay, never mind. Um, I could see going down on the either Swan Cannonist because while they were okay, they were not like crazy. And I, I don't know, I, I can't really tell you what else I would want, uh, but I guess it also helps that it's main deck combo hate mm-hmm. because you don't really have too much on the sideboard the, for that i guess the affinity deck that came in the top eight of the saturday showcase challenge had two canonists so yeah that, that's something i could definitely see but i would yeah. never cut it as plus something the card has surprised me not not even like surprised me i figured it's good it was yeah. super good it was one of the best okay. cards. i loved it it also like it made games sometimes like really awkward for the opponent for example when you you're on the play you play that in the first turn and then on their turn they go delver and then on your turn, you can basically like tap out for something for two because if they daze it, which is usually like the danger, then you're gonna draw a card of that, and you're gonna draw a card, and they fall back a land drop. Uh, that's that's a pretty convenient trade-off considering that like of all your upper card and they are down a land drop. Um, it's it's very I, nice to put Nettle Sist on as well. <laughs> yeah, at that point, yeah, yeah I, I think I did it with um, uh, modular tokens from Ravager. I, I had nice. like a seven-seven Esper Sentinel or something. Nice, but yeah. Uh, also, will... the the Sabbats, the artifact creature, you know, that one mana. Oh, it's it's legendary. I just realized. Okay, okay, this creature. They tried to make the most wordy creature that doesn't really do anything. It doesn't <laughs> yes. even fly. Like unless no, you pay no. white. Like literally, this like is a one mana one one that barely ever does anything. I think it only exists because of it's a saga. Yeah, I did fetch with a Saga more than... So Mox Opal was the first, and then Foundry and Saga were like uh, here and there and stuff. I felt like I wanted a Welding Jar quite a lot in the deck as well, so might add that. But my um, my trying Esper Sentinel, the card is nice. It's really like effective when people have to try and play around it. I got two of them foot bolted so many times. It, it was really discouraging, i got to say. So if, if Delva keeps playing foot bolt... Um, I'm a bit here and there on it. I'd prefer to be playing chalices and uh, just cut them, I think. Dude, welding char is actually insane. Welding yeah. char is insane because you can put a welding char on the board and then if they really go to meltdown, you welding char on, for example, I don't know, your ravager. And then you just like sack everything into a ravager and then the ravager survives, right? Yeah, it's a pretty nice counterplay. So, and just like a nice thing to find with the Ursus Saga and the kind of removal heavy grindy matchups. So, yeah, get, get that stupid Sabbaths out of here. That, that, that doesn't really do anything for us ever. <laughs> Yeah, the Zabaz, yeah, maybe. And I, I think the deck could go down to like one Retrofitter Foundry in the main deck and then maybe one or two more on the sideboard if you really want more grindy control cards, but I don't think you do. 
the deck the deck grinds very well already. You just you just play as the sagas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I might actually play a little bit more of this after the uh, after it's the podcast. It's so fun to play. In the in the past year, I've just become a complete massive fan of artifact based decks and stuff. So, I the only card yeah. I've ordered from the, the set so far is as a saga and Nettlesists and the uh, the thought monitors. Yeah, the Ursa Sagas are actually like quite cheap, right? I think they were like 11 or 12 euros last time yes. I checked, which was yesterday. Well, <laughs> that's where you're wrong. So I, I got to pre-order them for 9 euros each, but now they're about 30, 35 minimum on Magic Card Market. Are you, are you kidding me? Like I was I literally... not kidding. Because I, Matt was asking me which cards to get, and I was like looking up the cards and I was telling him what to get because I think what's undervalued and stuff. And I told him that Ursa Saga is probably like giga undervalued. Ursa mm. Saga. Oh no, it's going to show me infinite cards. You're right, it's over 30. <gasps> mm-hmm. And I told him to get it at 11. I hope he got it. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's just a rare. And uh, it's just because it's played in so many decks in modern as well. So, yeah. Yeah, did, did you actually see the tweet by um, Sam Black? How he regrets uh, releasing the card? Yeah. Because apparently he was on the design team. I mean, like nothing but respect for him. And he obviously feels bad about it. And but he did so much good things for the set as well. Did you read his like re- retrospective kind of article he wrote on it? Uh, I didn't read the article. And I just read the very puts it into context of what they tested it against. And mm-hmm. basically 90% of what they tested it against ended up being banned. So it was <laughs> yeah. kind of hard to yeah. estimate how good it really was. <laughs> but he said that Urza Saga was not tested much. So he feels he feels really bad for this was slipping through. But some of the other changes he, he changed were crazy. So um, they wanted to put Doomsday in modern. And he told them, should I try and build some Thassa's Oracle decks? And they then they cut it after he just said that and didn't even build the deck. Um the 8-8 Scion of uh, Draco was going to be an 8-8 or a 9-9 flying rather than a 4-4. So you can just have like a two-mana 8-8 flying. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Okay, okay. Doomsday <laughs> yeah. thing is already crazy enough. I did. Uh, okay, that, that, yeah. that's some crazy article I haven't heard about. They wanted to put fucking Doomsday yeah. in modern. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what they were... Like, they already released a lot of broken stuff into like yeah. tons of formats over the last couple of months. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Grief and, was and also going to be... I don't know f- what that... Grief is also going to cost yeah. three mana, so you can unearth it and stuff. <laughs> like. So you, you know what comes to my mind? The choker from from um, Dark Knight. Like some people just want to see the world burn and stuff. <laughs> yep, yep. Sam, Sam didn't want it to burn, and God bless Sam Black because I think he saved us a lot of a lot of grief. To put, pun intended, but um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, sorry, they, they they wanted to print a two mana eight eight. I mean, they basically didn't. It has flying. So what's the other one? Um, no, this is this is Scion of Draco, which is like a it's twelve mana, but it has domain, so it costs two mana less for each type of basic you have, and uh, it's a four four, and it gives like some buffs to other creatures. But originally it was an eight eight or a nine nine flying, which because uh, you can <laughs> you can fetch, you can fetch a Triumph on turn one, and then a, a dual end on turn two, and just cast it for two mana. So holy fucking shit! And they also made uh, you need to Sorry, go and read the I'm article. This. There's I'm a lot of things this. that he he just. He saved, which feels amazing. Uh, you know what I love the most? I love the most that he's actually free to talk about this stuff because you yes. don't really... Like, you sometimes hear about it, but sometimes, like, only 10 years later or something, yeah. but he's straight from the source. Yeah, he's he's incredible. And, yeah, you wouldn't hear this stuff usually. It's, like, a nice little insight into what could have been. It's, it was really terrifying reading. I was like, God, uh, I don't know. We're going to link it in the show notes, by the way. Yeah, do. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you afterwards. But um, moving on, so... Yeah, we've talked about the Affinity deck, what's in it, how it goes. Um, going forward, I really do think my my take on it is I want Chalice in the deck. And I did try with Thorn of Amethyst in the main deck as well, and it performed very well. 
because basically the curve, like Urza Saga was just the best card in the deck hands down every single time for me. And the curve of turn two Saga and then cast a two drop in of like a disruptive one like Chalice or Thorn into turn three, make a make a Saga token. Turn four, make a Saga token, get a Mox Opal cast, like a two two drops or a four drop kind of thing. That's what really worked for me. So Nettlesist was incredibly impressive in the deck, but it kind of worked against the deck's curve. Like you want to be Urza Saga on turn three and making a token rather than casting that. So it works better with like Ancient Tomb and Mox Opal hands, but I did feel, and it also like if you're playing Thorn, it does cost an extra mana there. So I felt a little bit of tension there. Otherwise, yeah, I felt like the deck also maybe had too many threats when you can just play this more disruption and kind of prisony thing. So that's another way to take it. I was really impressed by Embry. Um, it was just always the first thing the opponent had to kill with a bolt or a swords or whatever. So I might try more of them as well. Um, how does that line up with your experience? Um, I wasn't too happy with Emery. I don't know that there wasn't really much I would get out of the graveyard with it. Um, but he, okay. you played the quite different version from what I did, right? It's true, yeah. I think that's yeah. I, I think the only thing I ever got back from a graveyard is like something they discarded. Um, oh, fair enough. With, I don't know whom or whatever, what have you. I was sacrificing thought monitors and to Ravager and then re- replaying them and stuff. So, see, now yeah. that's smart. I should have done that. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can, it's nice. It's nice when you can just sacrifice anything. Like there's times where I could like sacrifice a blister or just shoot with a blister and then uh, replay it for a bunch and whatever as well. Stone Cold yeah, Serpent, that, I was playing out as a one drop a lot and then sacking it later to replay as like a five five. Yeah, my experience, my mana was actually hurting quite a bit, but my the mana curve of the deck that I played was actually quite a bit higher than I think the one that you played. And when I played against Stava, I, I even struggled to just like cast Nettle something. Uh, not not Nettle. <laughs> I struggled to cast Nettle Cyst, uh, at yeah. three mana, which it wasn't that easy really yeah it's not the place to be so i do think yeah stuff like thorn of amethyst could and chalices can do a lot in the deck maybe main deck even yeah, uh, i mean yeah, exactly. the chalice for sure anyways but uh, i guess yeah. also the thorn yeah so yeah um it's a saga really really good people in, in our discord were actually asking what which cards we consider the biggest winners or losers from what we've seen on the previous weekend thus far in terms of cards and i think we didn't mean talk about Russia Saga on the last cast. Uh, that was, at least from on my part, intentional. I didn't put it in the list. I think you messaged me afterwards. You were like, oh my god, we, we, we forgot Russia Saga. And <laughs> I, I was more like, yeah, I think we, we talked about it like two casts ago and there wasn't like too much new thing to, mm-hmm. things to say. But yeah, whichever way you want to put it, Russia Saga is probably like the big, big thing that after being rumored to be really good, turned out to be definitely good. Prismatic yeah. ending, we also mentioned we, we were thinking it's probably going to be a thing, but right now it actually looks like an absolute main... Like, it's been a while since Control, control decks received something that's, like, hands down two or three of for sure. And the third card I want to mention is Murktike Regent. That's the Delph. Is it even a dragon? I don't even know. It's basically, like, the two mana 5-5, um, five, five, and then it gets plus one, plus one, counters for every instant or sorcery you delved away. And whenever another instant or sorcery leaves your graveyard afterwards, it gets another one of those counters. So if you play the second one, uh, it's actually going to grow. Or if you, <laughs> if your opponent endurances your graveyard away, it's also going to grow. I, <laughs> yeah. I happen to run to that one. <laughs> yeah, this card. Yeah, we we kind of thought it has potential, but it kind of like fights against Sprite Dragon or the Ethereal Forager. But wow, we were very wrong on this one. This card is incredible. It's just, I think it partly has to do with the the. The addition of Ragavan, Dragon Rage Channel, and making the deck more aggressive and kill faster, and then 
like this can kill in one or two two hits if it's if they killed all your other creatures pretty easily. Um, if the deck was like more grindy and a bit slower and was playing more like two drop threats, it might be a little bit like not as much of a big winner. But yeah, this card showed over the weekend. It was in pretty much every single blue red deck, maybe one or two exceptions, and um, it's it's incredible. Definitely, you want two or three of these in your blue red Delver decks. Yeah, really good point about the Diverdex being more aggressive and this leading into like this card now shining as well. Because previously I felt like some of the Diverdex, they were like more like strategic. They were more like, you know, the rainbow six of aggressive decks, whereas this one is just like Quake 3 Arena. Yeah. This is just like get in, hit, hit, <laughs> yeah. hit. I mean, look, that's it, had, it had four Delver of Secrets before. Now it has 12 one drops if you want. That's just, <laughs> it's such a massive difference. And you're happy to play everything. I was going to say, what if you had told me like 10 years ago, what if Delva had like 12 Delvas? I would have like, like what's a Delva? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what they've always wanted. Like, they've been playing Hex Drinker, which I think is still a pretty good card, actually. Um, been trying other things and <laughs> Terramanda. But um, yeah, now it has 12 very good one drops, which is, yeah. I think I think a big reason why the Murtai region is good, but I, actually, even if it just had eight one drops, I think the Murtai would still be fantastic and played. So, yeah. Big winner for a big dragon. Also important to notice, it can't be touched by prismatic ending, right? Which is another um, one of those removal spells that people like. And it also puts people, at least I've always felt in a weird spot where I was like, I kind of probably should evoke my my, uh, endurance just to deny them the graveyard for the Merktag regent. But of course, you don't really want to do that because then it doesn't stick around and you're like, oh, it's just a two drop. You know, if I pass the turn, then I can actually like play play it properly on a turn afterwards and you know then they make the merc tech regions and mm-hmm. it's like i don't know like a seven seven you have your three four reach and you're like oh even if i had two of them i couldn't even double block oh this is so bad <laughs> the best the best time to cast endurance against merc tide is when your opponent goes like goes paying for costs in the little box and then they tap two lands and they undo then they fetch because they want to delve away the fetch that's when you do it <laughs> <laughs> Dude, try putting that off on paper. People would be like so salty. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's true, I mean yeah. What, what are they gonna do about it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only, the only other thing that sticks out to me, winners and losers, like big time, is solitude has not done very much. The the white evoke source of plowshares. Um, we were like um yanaring. I listened back to what I said because I couldn't quite remember, and I went like, I think this card is insane. And then two minutes later, was like, ah, I don't think this will be played actually. So obviously a bit here and there. It's very confusing card, and yeah. Um, it's it's not really done anything. I still think there's a chance it shows up as like a one of in Aether Vile kind of recruited decks, but otherwise probably not. Now that we have uh, Prismatic Ending, which is just like such a great card, I see, I see like really no reason to run that kind of card unless, I don't know, you, you for some reason want the turn zero effect on, uh, as a sort of plowshares, which is not really something I can imagine any deck really wanting. Yeah, definitely. Also, by the way, um, going back to the Diver decks uh, before we move on, uh, something, you know, when, when we talked about this uh, privately, I, I, I kind of got the feeling that I want to start cutting forces from the deck. And when I said that, I meant like force of words. And I guess people haven't really gone that far, but at least something that's very uncommon to see in Diver decks now is, uh, you know, the all the extra copies of Force of Negation. I barely ever see them. I, I only see like four force of words. And I wouldn't even surprised, be surprised if people went down to like three Force of Force because even against Bond Miracles, it, like Force doesn't strike me as the greatest card. Uh, usually like Deva style decks are more likely to keep Forces in that kind of matchup, whereas Miracles often like sides out the Forces. Um, but 
I guess endurance also makes it weird because you, that's not something you can like pyroblast or do anything about. I guess you, you know what you could do? You could mind harness an endurance. Mm-hmm. <sighs> or mind see- harness a Ragaban and that, that pays for itself for like a couple of turns. Yeah. I, I think I yeah. actually, I actually, I saw, I saw a blue red Derba deck list that played one mind harness in the main and one yes. the sideboard. And I can't S- wait Sylvia for that. Sylvia Exactly. That's the yeah. one. The absolute genius Delver player. Maybe one of the best Delver players in the world. Definitely, definitely one of, yeah. So not, that doesn't surprise me that they're playing like a crazy, crazy effective card, which is kind of off other people's radars. But, but not of mine. No, no. <laughs> I love that card. <laughs> it, it is quite a sweet one. Um, but the idea of like, yeah, how people are going to react to Delver and stuff. I'm, as, I, as I mentioned before, I'm very happy to see the, the Bant control deck actually having a, a very good chance against it and the artifact decks you know they can really run these things over and i think as a saga is the card now that people are over this last weekend massively flocked onto it in modern and it's it's obviously done great things in legacy for its first weekend as well i think people will start to brew around it more um i'm pretty keen to try some painted decks with it as well and it's just there's a lot to do with it a lot of ways to build around it because it's such a little investment to play this card with such a high upside so like um, I don't know, just like you can play it, lands go with so many things. Like I don't think standstill is very good in a format with twelve one drop Delver, but it plays incredible with standstill. So that's somewhere to look. Um, another example, uh, I think there could be like so. Uh, St- uh, Stefan Schultz, mental misstep. He like brewed a kind of green Khan Stompy deck at some point with ancient stirrings and playing bridges and uh, obviously Khan as he said, and Chalice kind of just a, a prison deck. And like really relying on the Khans and uh, bridges to kind of lock out Delver when Delver wasn't playing threats that kind of have reach and stuff. So this could be pretty legit again now. And that's the kind of deck that could go into the deck perfectly because it fetches lots of the one drops the deck wants to play as well. So yeah, I think we'll see. We'll start to see people build to push back on Delver because it's obviously got a massive target on its head, has done for quite a while. And we'll see how much people can push back because there are a lot of new cards from Modern Horizons. So. It's going to be an interesting next few weeks. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, I'm probably also going to play my fair share of Diver just because right now it's still winning very much. But there's a couple of things that excite me. And I'm, I can't even tell you where I'm going to end up. And I'm actually quite happy that there's no super big tournament coming up right now because, I mean, <laughs> that's a nice problem to have, right? There's too many decks you want to play. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I, I guess this is this is already like kind of what we were talking about um, in Ossimandia's question, who is asking, is changing main deck and sideboard cards enough, or do you think there will be major shifts in what archetypes people play? And I guess major shifts in what archetype people play is kind of like the nice way of saying, are there any decks that are actually going to die? Is there anything that, you know, used to exist that now looks at all these new cards and is like, okay, I can just like stop playing my deck until until something happens because my deck... It's just like horrible right now. Is there anything you you feel like that really lost? Yeah, overall? a couple a couple of things come to mind. Um, it it we need to see the the deck play out for another at least like three or four weeks, I think, to know this for sure. But my feeling is Ragavan is just completely bananas because it's a monkey against slow control, uh, slow combo. Sorry, so something like Ad Nauseum Tendrils, I think, is going to really struggle because especially because all the hits are good. Like so. Imagine this is a one-drop Dredge of Darkness because if it hits a Ponder or a Brainstorm, you cast off your treasure. That's basically what Dredge was doing, but it hits you for an extra damage as well. Um, I mean, it's, it can hit like a Duress or a Thoughtseize. It can it can just like hit your tendrils if you're not careful. Um, the mana just lets them play a threat and leave up 
uh, like Flusterstorm or Stifle or whatever. So I think Ragavan really, really, really hurts these slow uh, combo decks. Probably show and tell, but not quite to the same extent because Ant's thing is like it just kind of plays slow and sculpts and then takes like kills on the last turn generally. So I think that's going to struggle. And decks that really have a hard time against lots of lightning bolts. That might be a really obvious thing, but uh, the Delver decks are really going to war with each other. They're playing like a bunch of fort bolts, gut shots, chain lightnings everywhere. If you're playing a deck that's really reliant on keeping these kind of creatures that dies these things al- around, you're going to struggle. I think Aetherval gets around it quite well because it lets you play your like Recruiter of the Guard into around Azers and stuff. But I think Maverick might struggle here unless you retool the deck because now you're getting like your Bird's Paradise or Noble Hierarchs fort bolted with a, with a Thalia as well. You're like... I don't know. People are going to play Mind Hardness or Submerge for the Knights and stuff. I think. I <laughs> it's think going to be Maverick's, a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think Maverick's going to struggle as well. Yeah, Maverick. Um, I mean, the numbers are. The sample sizes are super low, but I think Maverick might actually have been the worst performing decks in at least one of the two challenges that I, I looked at the numbers for. I think it was like 25% or something. Oh, wow. I, I don't know. It was yeah. like really, really bad. But I mean, usually when you see numbers this low, it, it means like super tiny sample size. So yeah. I wouldn't read too much into it. But no, I guess totally. it kind of goes with what you what you were saying. Yeah. Those are the ones that pop out to me. Um, as regards to like if, if decks maybe get like a, an upgrade, anything that's good against Delva, which is... <laughs> not a lot honestly um i think i think control if it can beat delver will just start to pick up more and then anything that's good against control is then going to come to the forefront but it's going to take a month or two yeah dude i, I was actually wondering about blue green um omnitile with you know four carpet of flowers maybe even like two of them in the main deck because that deck was probably going to be like really good against bond murkers like bond murkers plays at Almost none of the cards in Bunt Miracles matter, especially in the first game. They have like f- seven forces in the first game, yeah. and and that's pretty much it. And, and you know how it plays out against, especially when they play the slow you, and you play main deck carpets. You can even like start hard casting your shit. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, uh, Blue uh, Green Omni could be incredible in like a month's time. But currently, I think Delve is just too fast. Like, uh, you know, you're going to... Put a clock down so fast that you're going to be forced to play your show and tell into a daze or have your show and tell plus veil but gets like forced to plus a daze or whatever and they're just going to need like one layer of protection because they kill you next turn i think is how it's going so to what are you saying something. is actually wizards should should uh, print carpet of flowers uh six through eight or five through eight i guess <laughs> how about leyland of the carpet of flowers yeah dude sign me up you should be working for wizards dude. i always keep saying i should be you should be there you should be in what, what's it called renton is that the place Mm. Uh, I'll, I've got Go some there. crazy ideas to mess things up. Yeah. Probably it's the same kind of weather as, as Great Britain. Uh, undefined. It's just like it rains in the summer and it's sunny in the winter and no one really knows what's going on. Yeah, it sounds like Seattle. I don't know. I've never been there, but that's what people <laughs> tell me. <laughs> so then you're, I, I guess you just got a promotion, so you probably wouldn't do that. But yeah, maybe even all the more reason to, to look into like even greater career path. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want Leyline of the Carpet. Creatures also deal two damage themselves when they come into play, by the way. Just as a, a new Ether, rule. Ether Shock or what's it called? Aether Flash. Aether but this Flash, is just, yeah, just a yeah, new okay. game, game-wide rule. I guess we, if- we, we just keep you in, uh, in London. <laughs> yeah. You know what? What's actually the craziest par- uh, card? Uh, like going way off topic here. There's Aether Storm, I want to say. It's a blue enchantment and it, it literally just says every creature spell is countered. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I, oh my god, that's such a Marcus card. <laughs> yeah, actually, let me look it up. It's Ether 
Yeah, well, <laughs> something. And the thing is, um, you can uh, pay some activated ability to get it destroyed, and any player can do that. Here, here it is. Ether Storm. I was right. It's an enchantment from, uh, judging by the looks of it, Homelands. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Okay, this is a Homelands enchantment. Three colorless and a blue. Creature cards can't be played. Okay, that's way better, because now you can't even do your stuff with Kevin of Souls. Mm-hmm. Literally, creature cards can't be played. Enchantment for mana. Pay for life, destroy Everstorm. It can't be right. regenerated. You know, you know, you might regenerate that artifact. That uh, sounds that, like that a bit of a downside to me. I'm not an expert. Any player may play this ability. So basically, mm. it it's actually horrible. It, it it's basically four mana deal for damage to a creature deck. If yeah, if they care. <laughs> if they care in the first place, yeah, it's horrific. I mean, like, just <laughs> maybe you can play in your Sonic Blast old school deck or whatever. You know what you should do? You can probably like if you if you play it in a in a terminus deck, so you you can survive the initial onslaught. I mean that, okay, yeah, yeah. But but the thing is, from there, you know what people used to do? They used to put down Pithing Needle and name Other Storm, so the I other player see. couldn't activate the ability. I see. And then they just like couldn't do anything. But then you know you got Green Sun Senate, and you could just like Green Sun Senate for for Kosali Pride Match, and that was that. <laughs> this is so janky. <laughs> I'm telling you, I keep talking about how much Indie Strut changed things, but a Lara block was also like a real thing. Like mm-hmm. a Lara block was one of the most influential things ever. Yeah, Pancake Flipper. Maybe it's time for him to return to be Delver. Dude, if it had flying, it would bring it back like in heart. I, okay, I guess we have endurance. That's it should have, it should have, it should have visions in flying. Yeah, they missed out. They missed out. Okay. <laughs> After going way off topic here, um, there's something I kind of want to touch on because like we basically said we, we want to bring you community news and about like just give you a general vibe of what's going on in the format right now you know even if you're maybe for whatever reason like not super participating in it right now we, we kind of kind of want to keep you on the pulse in the format and the biggest thing people talk about right now at least on social media is should days be banned that's that's a discussion that's going on um, i guess the overarching discussion is should something happen to Delver? Because I agree, the deck is basically pushed as far as it can go, and every time something comes up now, it's bound to break, and then a ban has to happen. So people were like, okay, should we like hit it with, with like a really hard ban, something that's actually going to set it back quite a bit before, you know, and, and that then at that point we can maybe see more brokenness come to the format, come to the deck before we have to step in again. Um, I guess that's the idea behind banning days, I gotta say, before I, I hand the mic over to you, at least in my little bubble, echo chamber, whatever, I barely see anyone really asking for that. Like 99% of what I see is people defending days and saying it shouldn't be banned. I think the only two people pushing for it are, I think Osimanias, I was told, wrote an article about it. And I know Rodrigo Togoris has been pushing for days being banned for like two years. But at least to me, that, those were like the only people I saw like publicly advocating for it. Um, I don't know how has it been for you. Yeah, I think I feel like I've seen one or two more, but not many. Uh, they've definitely been outnumbered, and yeah, Tagoras has been on it for a long time. And to be honest, I was kind of on board for for some of it, like quite a few months ago. But now I've been like thinking about it more, and I think it's it, yeah. I, I'm not super interested in like going into it too deeply, but um, I think it's one of the most dangerous things we could do. Like, I, I feel I feel pretty confident that Wizards of the Coast wouldn't do it. It's, it's just too out there, too crazy. Um, my number one fear is, like, can you imagine, like, show and tell is, like, 
just going to destroy everything if you ban Ds. Like, it's one of the things holding it back. I mean, people say, yeah, you can play Spell Pierce, you can play Humility or Aether Swan Cannonist and stuff. There's cards, but I think Ds is a huge check on, like, fast mana combo decks. Not the grindy ones, like the the really fast turn one, turn two that can also play their Force of Wills and stuff. Um, I think this is a really slippery slope to ban Ds and then, like, some combo decks just gain so much from it. And look, combo decks are easier to hate out than fair decks. We've learned that from the past and almost all times happened apart from like Breach or Omnitel where something got banned. But um I don't know, it's it's such a it's a huge pillar in the whole format of legacy. And if you knock down this one pillar, you might have the ceiling start to collapse in that side. Then as you do that you need to knock down another pillar to support it somewhere else and it's just so many bad things can happen in my opinion. So I I really hope they don't do it. I have two thoughts on this uh one is a bigger meta thought i guess and and the other one is like pretty straightforward gameplay related i really love that days exists as a card because it it's one of those cards that really creates these interesting scenarios where you you have to consider so many different factors like one of them being do they have it or not and then once you've kind of made that call you also have to wonder about is it worth playing into it even if they have it because like the, the 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 missed land drop would set them back. Because at, at the very end, I, I sometimes think about days um, when I play into it as I'm paying like two mana to bounce their land, for example. Uh, because like the, the cards trade off, but you get to bounce their land. And I mean, the whole idea is, of Delver is that it doesn't hurt you as much as it hurts the opponent, especially if they pay more than one mana. But sometimes, you know, sometimes it's something you do, especially you also have the equity in, in cases where they don't have days, which usually like is a, a pretty big blowout if you play a two drop on turn two and it sticks and it even like you, it's easy to untap again because they don't have the boat for it if it's a creature. So I don't know. I, I, I really like that days creates these very interesting scenarios and i mean people would say oh you children you think it's interesting i think it's stupid <laughs> i mean okay mm. that's i can't say too much about that but generally speaking i like how days positively influences the diversity of gameplay in legacy dude just like take that as a as a sample and and play it back to me five years from now i'm gonna be like <laughs> oh my god i hate myself <laughs> no but i agree it's, it's such a unique card and i know that's not a reason to keep it legal if it was too it's too pushed or too busted, but it is something that it's a card that separates the two major two blue archetypes, right? Uh, control very rarely or doesn't play it basically because they can't afford to be dazing back things. That shows that there is a real drawback to the card in in like a lot of decks. But then it, in in Delver, it's one of the best cards because they they build to like take away from that disadvantage, which. I know, like, obviously some decks think it's worth playing and some don't, so that's already interesting, even though we're very used to it now. We've been dealing with it for years, so it might not seem like a, a new or interesting thing, but that is the truth behind it, I think. And, I don't know, like, if you take away days, I just think we see every blue deck become mid-range, or very potentially, which is kind of a, a big worry in itself. That, that kind of segues into my second thought about days, because... You already mentioned that, for example, you are scared that um, some combo decks might become too powerful, which I can see. It's not my biggest concern with days. Like my my bigger concern with days is, like I mentioned, like the, the gameplay impact. But generally speaking, you know, I've been the kind of guy. I've, I've never been afraid to consider banning like the card Delver of Secrets in the first place, and I don't even care that much about whether you ban Delver or or hit anything else out of the deck that's just like a stupid threat i mean i guess that was the prime example for that uh, but 
I've also been the guy, you've known me as the guy who wants to ban Grizzlebrand and stuff. And I agree, it's not something that's necessary right now. But in my idea way of shaping gameplay and legacy, part of that is um, banning Grizzlebrand. I guess you could almost break it down to ban everything until Grizzlebrand is tier one, then ban Grizzlebrand or something. Because it's not enough that Grizzlebrand is good. Grizzlebrand needs to be like the thing to do, and then you need to go that, you know, going back to the old thing about how to handle formats where Necropotence was uh, legal in. But yeah, um, I think if you touch something out of Delva, which you might have to in the long run, or even like in the medium run, then you also have to touch a lot of more things. And that's very, very much part of why I think, for example, that Grizzlebrand should be banned. You could, you know, change up things. Um, You you mentioned Show and Tell or any kind of fast uh, mana combo deck. uh, And most of them basically exist because Grizzlebrand is really good and yeah I I think if you ban something out of Diver which might become necessary there's a couple more cards you really have to touch uh, in the past I would also say something like Past and Flames I mean that's not really a very relevant card in Legacy right now but it also to, to me basically what I'm saying is I'm not so much concerned with which individual cards you have to touch after banning something out of Diver and more with you know, spreading the mindset that that is probably something that goes along with banning something out of Java. And that's that's what I've been asking for for, I guess, quite a while. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're asking to scale back uh, the power level of the format by, like, a, I guess, a host of bands, which could... I like how could... you just, like, used five words to sum up what I've been saying for, like, two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the German rambler. But no, that you had to... You had to flesh out some details as well but yeah I, I, I can see it and i can see the end goal being like very enjoyable format it seems like a very hard thing to do and there, i think there'll be a lot of like unhappy players along the way because um you know i don't is, think is anyone really gonna be unhappy about losing grizzlebrand come on i mean yeah. yes there are i know yeah, they but... are, of course <laughs> but no but along the way scaling the, uh, i think grizzlebrand decks are not the best right now so it would take a lot of it take a lot of reworking and a lot of effort which and a lot of bands potentially and i i think overall if we can avoid bands it's it's better in the grand scheme of things but the format this is the first time where there's not like a kind of an obvious thing when oka was good people like obviously oka needs to go as the most recent example but now it's just like i don't know yeah people are calling for days people are saying delver should finally be banned people are saying if you ban delver it makes no difference because there's so many good one drops uh, there's a lot of ways to do it and i've been mulling it over and i've got a different perspective and i think i like the Ooh, sound of it okay and i don't know if you've seen it on Give twitter it but i think you won't like it i want to oh, unban okay let, let, let me guess oh you want to un oh no oh no oh no oh no okay <laughs> i want to unban sensitive divining top and ban counterbalance but hear me out hear me out so yeah, i guess i have to <laughs> <laughs> so basically to quickly put it up so counterbalance and, and top. that's it for the podcast today everybody <laughs> <laughs> anyone who wants to be a new host uh, sign up by emailing julian um because i don't i don't want like something like the cantrips banned because i think that's what makes le- legacy different to modern i don't want days banned because i think it doesn't need to be and it's it's such a big format identity and these things like you know making it different than modern and format identity not like the only things to make them safe but um i think there's other ways to do it so top is the kind of card which is obviously incredibly powerful it gives first of all it gives non-blue decks uh, a real tool back again like painter did quite well with it back in the past and painter will be 
better again and obviously nick fit would love it and stuff but the main thing is miracles would obviously play it and be a tier one deck by far and that's the kind of card that would keep terminus the kind of card that keeps these like fast one drop draws in check and it tops also a card that delver won't play um and so the so what do you think top was banned for power level or for time wasting originally well officially according to wizards they banned it twice for time wasting and extended and legacy but mm-hmm. honestly i i think that's that's even like the minor thing and that's yeah some, i mean it, it's it's still relevant enough to to like why they banned it and, and extended back in the days i mean okay counterbalance was also part of that i guess but so this is that i think it was I'm also gonna, banned for power levels i'm just gonna instru- so going there is i think a big reason that the the top decks took so long was because of the counterbalance lock um, they would just they would just not cast anything, and the opponent would like try and re- resolve a spell every now and then, and the games would drag on for ages. If the opponent can like resolve spells, the games go much faster. The the top player could die still, and the the opponent can resolve their bolts or creatures, or whatever. Um, so I think the time used for the top decks, control decks, would like go down massively without counterbalance as well. And the card itself, you know, it does take a, a little while to resolve, but I mean. Not to be like super doom and gloom, but like how many big legacy events are we actually going to get in the future? We're going to get Italy yeah, holding loads, you, but yeah. All that sweet talking isn't going to get me to any place where I could see top ever. Like, I, first of all, I, I don't th- think anything that has ever been a legacy is really going to come back, especially not top. Um, just because Wizards never does that, and especially top was. They've never unbanned a legacy card unless it was originally on the first ban list. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, yeah. I, I don't want to sound almost like rude, but I also don't, almost don't want to talk about that just because it's so so unlikely. But mm-hmm. yeah, if if you ask me, that's th- that feels a little bit like we're gonna crush tons of decks just so that we can hurt Delva a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know. I think way too many decks would heavily suffer from like top being legal again, even with counterbalance not being a thing, just because the interaction between top and and terminus is just like so backbreaking. And Mystic Sanctuary is in the in the play as well, so it, it would be quite good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It's it's a it's a touchy subject. We can we can move on. Let's do that. That sounds good. <laughs> so going to um, something very different, like going down the tiers. Disco Drogo from the Discord says, "Which is which of the non-hyped cards from Modern Horizons Two would you love to break through?" What about you, Julian? Mm. Any any oh, cool yeah, yeah. ones? Any cool ones? Any of the non-hype cards? Um, yeah. I was almost gonna say Urza Saga because I was yeah, gonna I say the same I thing as well. Say that anymore. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> I was I, I I read this and then um, I was just like Urza Saga is obviously massively hyped now, but it's still just the coolest card for me. I really want to just that's the card I want to brew around. I, I want to build. Painter and Aether Vial decks with like Imperial Recruiter and Trinket Mage. I want to build uh, this this like kind of Green Ancient Stirrings Prison Khan deck, which I mentioned earlier as well. With it, um, I want to push Affinity and build different things with that as well. Maybe go Steel Stompy, like Bomberman decks. I want to play with it as well. I think it's incredibly good there. I, all the artifact decks, basically. I, that, that's that's where my mind is racing to. So I know it's not it's it's the most hyped card from the set now, probably. Um, but yeah. That's just all my mind is looking at, to be honest. I'm actually looking at the other cards that are like potentially going to see play, and I have to go back to Esper Sentinel because that card surprised me so much. And uh, I mean, surprise is probably the wrong word because I 
we, we talked about it in the last podcast, right? So we were thinking there's maybe a deck for it. And I'd be happy to really explore the deck if I had the time. Um, I think we brainstormed about, you know, blue, white aggro, which is funny enough, kind of like the... The sh- uh, well, it's not really the shell of the... the f- yeah, okay, forget that. <laughs> I'm trying to talk <laughs> it into it, but it, it, it's not really. Um, but yeah, Esper Sentinel, that card was so cool and so annoying for the opponent that uh, I'd love to see a deck that plays four copies of that and probably like Mother of Runes and, and Days and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another cool card I like a lot is Turak, Dreadcantor. It's not particularly good because four mana for him is just too much in Legacy, but it's really, really cool, flavorful card. So... I might try and build. Every time I see something like this, like a two drop that has value, I like I wish I could try Lurus with it, but um, I guess that's a modern <laughs> thing. You really have this desire, you know, to bring back the devil, like all all those things that we've been like <laughs> delivered from. You're like, okay, those are never going to come back. And Callum is like, actually, what if we unbend Tolarian Academy? I like broken cards. I'm sorry. I think it'd be it'd be fun, and then yeah. Some people lose. You never struck me as like the, the guy for broken stuff. You struck me more like the black green mid range kind of dude, but I know that's not you, but I like I, that I as well, know. to be fair. <laughs> 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 I know that I like most things in legacy. Um it's it's hard not to get excited by most things. I'm actually going through the rest of the cards in the set right now, uh, but there's nothing that jumps out at me. Mm. I wonder if at some point people are going to try to break the the storm cards. I guess the ooze storm thing is already kind of like a thing. Yeah, the the uh, Tez guys have tried that a bit, Brian and Alex. I've seen it do some cool things. Oh, by things. the way, interesting interaction with the ooze that actually came up. I think we, we talked about that on, in some kind of chat. Um, if you resolve your Wishclaw Talisman, you know, for the opponent, it's not always clear whether they should actually count the talisman because very often it eventually gets ad nauseum and then you counter the ad nauseum. But if you have the ooze in your deck, you know, AV Progenitor Ooze, that's like the mm-hmm. five mana ooze, I want to say, that has Storm and it gets like plus one, plus one counters for each other ooze you control. And if you have that thing in play and your opponent has Forceful, they actually can't do much about it because you, you know, you, I guess they can try to hit your mana at that point, but uh, otherwise you're just going to eventually flip your Wishclaw Talisman and that's going to give you the ooze. And then, yeah, I guess they can counter one of the Storm copies, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. So that's something that came up in one of the scenarios that we talked about. But talking about like narrow or maybe not narrow scenarios, a good thing to know about the ooze is um, if you counter one or you lightning bolt one, it's essentially always the biggest one because as more copies come in, they get bigger. So if you have, say, five copies of one stack and the first one comes in and you bolt it, then the next one's going to come in as a 2-2, not a 3-3. So like bolting the first one or force or willing any of them is, is always essentially the biggest one. So it can be quite a good play. Like if you have two bolts, you're killing the two biggest ones at all times. So it's the kind of card where it's cool and you can like get quite a lot of value from kind of small storm counts. But I think it's the kind of card that does lose to removal and counter magic like that as well if it's not too high a storm count oh i, I oh, okay but by, by the way i got a good good answer i just like was looking at the spoiler a card that i'd love to see well it's probably gonna be hard to see it broken just because it's like a black green card okay i guess we, we see we've seen death chairman <laughs> but that's grist the hunger tide you know the planeswalker that's a creature oh, yeah. like you, so you can green and send up for it yeah. i'd be excited to see that so this is like this has been played in elves and maverick right a bit. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good actually because it's so far down on the spoiler sheet. I always kind of either miss it or don't don't see it properly. That's my excuse. My <laughs> professional uh, <laughs> podcasting thing. Ah, I can't bother to look at it. 
but it's really cool. Um, like being able to green some Zenith for removal like that is actually a very powerful effect for Maverick and Elves. And so I've, I've been seeing quite a lot of one of them in the sideboard. So yeah, I like it. And also my one is um, I'm gonna I want to I'm gonna try and pronounce it because this card is taking modern by storm. And I think there there could be something legacy. So Asmoranomadikadaisistinaculadaka. Yeah, 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 the song. So the the Asmo kind of food deck is, is making waves of modern and there could be definitely something cool in Legacy. I was playing like a combo based one with the uh the three mana artifact one three. Whenever you make a food or a treasure or a clue, you make all three instead. So yeah, I wanna like I almost crashed Magic Online by having two of those out and like two grinding stations and then making a food and just makes like a million tokens and untapped triggers. So game objects, <laughs> really fun. You know, that kind of kind of strikes me as the card that eventually is going to break something. Maybe not now, maybe not in a year, but at some point it's probably going to break something really bad. Yeah, it is a super powerful card. And um, lastly, quickly, I love the Blazing Rootwaller. I still want to try the Madness deck, which we mentioned on the on the last cast, like quickly, I think. Kind of. Oh yeah. Uh, also, is is that gonna be a thing in modern, by the way? Because there's also the director's headliner, which is the three three haste for two mana, and has echo discarder card, which I guess works well with Esmo. Blah blah blah. Yeah, that's that card's not seen play as far as I know. Um, I think the Asmo deck just kind of beats aggro and mid range like so hard that aggro decks are just really struggling. You can't really take that direction because Asmo kills everything. You the saga just makes like massive blockers, and then you make food tokens to gain life later. It, yeah, ain't happening. Oh, my dreams <laughs> crushed. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's a cool card though. <laughs> but um, shall we move on to the next questions? So we got yeah, sure. uh, Tom Zedeka, regular lovely chap. So with things slowly opening up, what will be the first deck for an actual event you sleeve up, and what does your shopping list for Modern Horizons two look like? How about you? Yeah, so shopping list, not really much because I don't really, like, I guess I have Maverick in paper, but I'm not really getting any more paper cards right now. But I already, like, I rarely buy cards on Magic Online these days. I usually rent them for card order, but I, I have, like, basically elves um, on Magic Online. And I actually bought the Endurances because card order mm-hmm. didn't have them yet. And I was thinking, well, they're probably going to go up in price anyway, and I'm going to use them in so many different decks. So, yeah, I, I shopped four copies of Endurance. I shopped a copy of Yavi Maya, Cradle of Growth, but I'm still looking for that old frame one. And that's, yeah, that's also what I would play. If there was like a big paper event coming up, I would either try to adapt Maverick, but like my, my mind isn't really on paper right now, but I'll, ideally I'd, I'd borrow it. Like I'm at this point where I'm no longer the super dedicated grinder like I used to be from like 2013 to 2018-19-ish in paper where I was literally playing every single big tournament in Europe for like five years. Um, now I'm more like, hey, I want to have a great community experience. I want to have fun. And if I can borrow a deck that's like competitive from somebody, that that's great. Cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you like, to some extent. I just have a lot of decks still in paper, which I uh, I really enjoy now. So I'm I can't decide between... Because I'm starting to plan our first like a big London event back, which is probably July-ish is what I'm thinking. And I'm just racking my head against like Painter or Goblins, Painter or Goblins. I love both the bits and I just can't decide. So I might flip a coin. I have no idea. What would, what would you play out of Painter or Goblins? Mm, probably Painter because I like it when a deck 
gives the opponent the chance to screw up royally. And I mean, that's the, the competitive approach, but I also like, I really like the paint has so many different lines. Whereas Goblins, it's a great deck to play as well. I really enjoy it, but uh, between the two, uh, my not would go towards Painter. Cool. All right. Sold. Goblins it is. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, and my shopping list, I think I just mentioned earlier, I got Urza Sagas, Nettlesist, and Thought Monitors to... Other, and then after that, I think I have almost everything for the Affinity deck. Oh, not, not as per Sentinels yet. So we'll see. I have most of the Affinity kind of decks and stuff, so I'll probably mess around with them in paper as well for when our weeklies come back. Is there actually any chance that deck is actually going to be reasonably cheap? Like, I'm looking at the deck list right there's, now. There's no reserve list in it Mox at all. Mox Opals? Mox Opals are not that much, I think, because since the... They used to be infinite, but I guess they're not yeah. anymore. Yeah, because they're banned in modern now. So, um, I mean, the deck's <laughs> probably still a bit, because Ancient Tombs are not cheap, but it it is a reserveless reserve listless deck that's a that's a mouthful mox opals yeah like 25 euros or so so not crazy um Esper wait is this expensive yeah that's why i haven't got them i'm yet. just like looking at the deck list right now and i'm like what the fuck Esper Sentinels are like a lot 20 or so so i'm gonna hope that they go down otherwise just play without them in paper for a bit try other stuff but um yeah that it's it's really cool this is like i think another one of the uh, a very good reserveless list uh, decks like like uh, Rainbow Depths as well. So hopefully we see more of these to take up. And uh, Tom also asks, big events in Italy coming up, Four Seasons and Eternal Rise again. We should put the uh, links to those in the show notes. What do you expect the meta to look like? Any predictions on what will do well? I think we'll see a lot of Blue Red Delver and Band Miracles <laughs> is, is my thing. Yeah. The, the event itself, it's actually like pretty close. It's the 27th of June in Bologna. And mm. I agree, like, in Italy at least, I always felt like I was playing against Miracles every other round, so I wouldn't be surprised if people basically made that easy switch into Bond Miracles. Yeah. And yeah, Diver is probably, like, for the rest of time, always going to be the most played decks in any big legacy event these days. Those those are basically the yeah. two decks you should be prepared for. Italian players really love Delva and Blue-White X-Control as well, so yeah, we'll see that, definitely. Well, um, German's not far to play. Germans, oh, is it bad if I say sneak and show? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm trying. It's not. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. You're not. It's wrong. not massively accurate. Like I just, I just have JPA and the guy that won that MKM with his like big belly hanging yeah, out and brought. top off. Oh yeah. no, that's the other. Oh, see, that's another. That is even more of those. That reminds me of like the <laughs> that hipster who who like sued because they were using his image and saying every hipster oh, looks the same. And turns out it actually was a different one. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, sorry Germans, I really do like you, I promise. But uh I want every German who's not playing Sneak and Show to comment on this Twitter or Discord <laughs> or any kind of threads to tell us what, what they are playing. I would actually be interested in like if there's a what what do you think? Is is there actually a kind of a direction people take? Mm, well, Show and Tell is really very popular here. Um other than See, that, like okay. miracles, like at least with like the Germans who do well usually like play Miracles. That's that's another thing. Maverick, okay. there's like actually Maverick is very popular here as well too. Okay. So I could see those decks. Cool. And, and then uh, Brits, you know, they just like play smallpox and goblins. What actually, you, goblins what you is put, very yeah. British. Is is that the thing? English people play goblins. Yeah, yeah. I'll take, yeah, that. I, I'll I, take I, that. I probably know more more English <laughs> players that play goblins than any other nationality. All right, I'm I'm very happy with that result. I'll take it. So Germans are sneaking show, English are goblins. I'm just going to let the listener decide who the heroes of this story are. 
I, I think you already know <laughs> <laughs> the Italians. Anyway. <laughs> awesome. I think we have, we have one more question, right? From ET mm-hmm. coming yep. in through the Discord. Are there any borderline playable tier 3, 4 archetypes, ooh, legacy tier 4, <laughs> now we're digging deep, <laughs> that are helped by the new printings or only have tier 1 and 2 strategies been empowered further? I think we already talked about Affinity, right? How that's being catapulted into tier yeah. 1 status, at least as for now. Because there was like a tier 4-ish Affinity deck. And so, yeah, that Was definitely there? counts. I've never been there. <laughs> yeah, people people play... Like, well, seriously, Legacy Tier 4? No, we're reaching really <laughs> deep now. It, it, it kind of exists, but it very often played Thoptifoundry, Sword as well and stuff. But not not Tesserator, but it, it existed. But also Merfolk. Hello. My, have you played after the last one? You're like, oh my God, I can't wait to play Merfolk. I bet you haven't even touched it, have you? No, there was too much other stuff. Like I was playing Elves and Infinity. Yeah, fair enough. I had, this, yeah, I, I had the exact same thing. I was like, I'm so going to play Murphic. I'm really ready to. I still do plan to, but uh, yeah, Affinity and stuff has been too fun. I think Arkan actually played it. Yeah, yeah. I think he got I'm like a donation sure deck. It. And then, yeah, he has Oh, been. that's how, okay. I, I was wondering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are the ones that jump out to me. Murphic and yeah, Affinity yeah. is just a huge winner, which guy so wasn't expecting. Even like looking at the... Uh, spoilers just didn't see it at all yeah and, and while we're talking about it by the way um if we are really talking about tier 4 we might as well just talk about uh legacy madness whichever kinds of colors that actually plays probably like rock or something we're yeah. still waiting for for Callum to actually come forward with the broken deck list but yeah if you're if we really talking about like i sorry i can't let go of legacy tier 4 that's like a meme <laughs> in itself <laughs> then we're talking about madness which has received some tools full disclaimer um et is a, a friend of mine from london and he plays black green okay, pox. Okay, all of this makes so much more sense now. <laughs> you um, have told me. But he plays black green pox and just wins with it so much. I don't think I've beaten him. I don't remember beating him much with it anyway. And uh, he's also an incredibly strong elves player when he wants to win. But uh, he has a real thing for this like tier three or four kind of weird pox deck. And yeah, that, I think that's where it comes from. So pox, maybe you got some toys with uh, what about? Um, I don't know. I'm going through if there's any box cards. Do you any green black box cards jump out to you? Grist, Planeswalker. But you oh, can't yeah. even like that ritual that one out. Yeah. There was one though, wasn't there? Or you can, um, about that 2-2 with Madness. Tick up Liliana, discard that. Oh, Sudden Edict might might be okay. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> because removal spells is what Pox needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Turak. Okay. Or, or grief. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. We are reaching. Okay. If you want to reach out to us, you can do that on Discord. You can get access to the Discord by supporting us on patreon.com everyday channel. Or if you want to, you know, leave a review for us, you can do that on Apple Podcasts. It's going to go up on the new website. It helps new people discover the podcast, grow the whole community, not only grow us, but grow legacy in general. And yeah, that's that. Those are the two best ways to keep the lights on here, support everything we're doing, at least magic related. And yeah, that's that's. I think gonna that's gonna be it from us today. Callum, where can people find you if they want to hear about your broken pox deck? <laughs> so on Twitter at WhitefacesMTG and on Twitch sometimes. I don't stream for a while, but always good to check it out at Whitefaces. 
Awesome. And you can find me at it's Julian23 on uh, Twitter and it's Julian on Twitch. And we have a, an Instagram now. And I think we already have like mm. 30 people on the Instagram. I, I keep posting like random memes there and also like new episode announcements. And on Instagram and Twitter, it's the same Eternal MTG. Just look for Eternal MTG and you can find us there. And yeah, that's. Uh, actually, I've been really enjoying the Instagram experience with that. I'm, I'm learning a lot, actually, for my job as well. <laughs> so, nice. at least that's what I keep telling myself. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's going to be it for us today. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks a lot to our Patreons on Eternal Witness tier Tommy Hinks, Trent Prowers, Testacular, Sebastian Holaga, Guillaume, Jake, and Severin Schwarzuber. And on Grizzlebrand here, Victor Benatzt, Baju Butts, Scott Monroe, Jeremy Gates, Henrik Korkutz, Tom Hepp, Christopher Reinhardt, and Paragon Games in St. Louis. By the way, before we close it out, um, for anybody not living in Europe, I'm sorry that your t-shirts have been delayed. I finally found out why. Uh, I mean, I already knew um, why they are delayed. But sending them overseas because of COVID is like 55 euros per t-shirt. So at this point, I decided, okay, I'm just going to have them printed again in the U.S., and directly deliver to you. So if they if they actually put like uh, anything in there, like an invoice or something, I'm gonna ask them to to like ignore that. Just ignore that. It's it's gonna come straight to your house. So yeah, that's that's gonna be it with regards to that. Callum, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna sit on the balcony or I don't know, enjoy more of the cool English nights? Yeah, just gonna chill out. Um, maybe maybe fire up a league and finish it tomorrow. Not quite sure, but definitely just. Yeah, that's exactly chill. what I'm gonna do as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Pox time, baby. Awesome. Cool. Bye-bye. See you, everyone. Bye, everyone.